Strong Dads wants to thank Quality Auto Mart for joining us as a sponsor. Quality Auto Mart was born in 1985. They are owned and operated by Mark and Nancy Repke. Quality Auto Mart provides all the services, repairs, and maintenance for your vehicle's needs with a three-year auto parts and labor warranty. They offer complimentary vehicle safety inspection and estimates. Also, they offer a shuttle service and the fourth oil change is always on them. They are located at 7307 on State Road 46 in Batesville, Indiana. Make sure you give them a call at 812-934-2301. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Strong Dads here doing another show. Merle, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Awesome. I was told I was a mean dude by my kids. Uh Uh-oh. I was being a jerk. Oh, this morning or just in general? In general. Oh, okay. (laughs) What did you do? We had a question the other day. We had a question. So we do a after dinner question of the night kind of okay. thing okay right. and really like our i think i've shared that on shows before but our kids love it our yeah. our son's always like what's question what's question <laughs> yeah. of the night and uh sometimes we just sort of make one up but mm-hmm. uh, over the years linda has bought all kinds of uh questions for discussions yeah, okay. or discussion points like decks of cards and yeah, so yeah. um i just randomly pulled one out and and the question basically was um of the parents in this house, or for the parents in this house, <laughs> referring to Linda and I, uh-huh. um, how would you rate them on a scale of one to 10 in terms of strictness? Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> and so as soon as I read it, I started laughing. I'm like, oh, okay. Did you like it mid- midway through and you're like, nope, I'm not going to finish that one. No, Next question, oh, discard no, that one. No, no, <laughs> I, was, I was ready for it. So, um, and then, but then, all of a sudden the kids were like looking at Linda and I like, should we answer this? Are, Are we, we being to? set up here? I think I'm going to answer this and I'm going to have to go to my room for three weeks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, um, so the idea really, uh, we are going to carry this into our show is the whole idea of um, strictness mm. in our life. Um, we think about coaches, we think about parents, um, and sometimes just the word strict has a real negative connotation mm, to it. I like, agree, yeah. oh man, that means mean. Right. Right. And so, um, I, I even the title here is you know who would who would your kids say is meaner you or your wife? <laughs> well, and I I think that's a good point because I think probably in the eyes of our kids mm-hmm. it's not like who's stricter who's meaner probably mm-hmm. you know at a, at a young age yeah because yeah. you know I, just what you were talking you were talking about like you know that, that word strict kind of has like a negative connotation behind it and I think a lot of us you know what, you know as men growing up or or you know whether it be in school or our actual parents like I think the the definition of strict means something different to us than it does for our kids you know that, right. that they, they do see it as you're just being mean where we may see I, i'm just holding you to a standard and you have to follow it and that's me being strict and okay yeah no you're being mean yeah <laughs> so between you and and jen who's me who's meaner oh, you're well, you're meaner I, it, it depends like, <laughs> it, it, it just depends on like if it's like clean your room that's totally jenny she yeah. she's much more strict on that if it's like you know uh, whatever, pushing your sister over. Yeah. That, that's me. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. some heinies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now I got to cut that out because somebody, <laughs> some woke individual will be like, you did what to your kid is. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, yeah. So who's the toughest coach you ever had? How about that? Like think right. about coaches you've had, 
uh, you know, did you have a coach that was tough that you liked? I did. I I actually, it was to date is still probably my favorite coach, uh, besides my dad, obviously dad growing up (laughs) playing basketball. Uh, no, but my, uh, cross country coach in high school, uh, Mr. Dobson. Yeah. You've mentioned him before um, on shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, was a big influence. Uh, cross country was definitely my primary sport in, in high school. It was something that I, I did pretty well in. Uh, we had a very competitive team, the guys and the girls side, um, in, in high school. And I, I would say Mr. Dobson was the one coach that was very tough on me, um, because he expected a lot from me. Yeah. Um, he set the expectation at the beginning of the season. This is where we're at. This is our goal is going to state. Um, he instituted like a 400 mile club in the summertime. So you had to put 400 mm. miles in, 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 you know, in the two and a half months of your summer break. Um, you had to, we got t-shirts for it, you know, kind of, he basically set a standard and he, and he held us to that standard. And, you know, I, I, at the time, you know, there were certain times he would get on us about doing things. I'm like, golly, he's just being a jerk, right? But looking <laughs> at hindsight now, we were very successful, and it would definitely contributed to to that. I mean, he is now a coach over at Mason High School, and that program is excelling. And it's yeah. because because he is strict, because he does have a standard, and he, and he holds the people to it. So I would definitely say Mr. Dobson. So if you're out there, thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really what it's about. And that's kind of what this show is about and making sure we um, drill down a little bit of the understanding of strictness, what it means, because we're really not um, advocating here um, strict in the sense of abusive or mean or that like, no, there's no place really for that sort of thing in parenting or coaching. But uh, man, like strict in terms of this is what we're doing. Yeah. You know, here's the standard um, and, and why that's so important. You know, because what I think about that is not only did you guys as a cross country team have success, but think about now the grit or the toughness mm. and perseverance that you still have in you today yeah. because of that. Like yep. you remember, like, no, like I ran cross country. I know yep. I can get through this. I, I still, and, and it's kind of funny because I tell Mia this all the time because I remember Mr. Dobson telling me, like he was a big advocate of not looking behind you yeah. in the middle of the mm-hmm. race. Don't look, don't look where you're, where you've been. Look where, where you're going. Look yeah. ahead of you. Look at the person, next person ahead. That's who you're going to accomplish. And I tell me all the time, like quit looking at where you're, where you've been, look at where you want to go. Yeah. And that, that was definitely a Mr. Dobson thing. So yeah. What, Good, what, what about you? What, what about your, who was your toughest coach? Um, I had um, lots of coaches coming through, uh, like with baseball. And it's funny now when I think back of like when I was a young kid, I didn't think the guy ever laughed. (laughs) It was, it was, and that's not true at all. Like it wasn't true at all. Uh, Mr. Kolb, uh, he was a super nice guy, but he was just always very like, okay, we're going to run practice. Here's mm-hmm. what we're doing. And, yeah. and so we didn't screw around yeah. in his presence. And I mean, <laughs> we were little guys still, yeah. you know, not whole ball. And uh, we didn't screw around. And I remember right from the bat, like um, going to practice. And if I'd see a guy screwing around, I'd step away from him. Cause mm-hmm. I knew Mr. <laughs> Cole was like, go run. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, he wasn't the greatest influencer just because as I matured and got into high school, I think I've mentioned before my swim coach, Brent mm-hmm. Rudemiller. Yep. And um, yeah, Brent was a guy who uh, really created the grit of, mm. and it wasn't so much in the competitions. It was a day-to-day practice stuff, okay. early morning workouts, mm. um, you know, pressing you when you didn't want to be there. And now like my son's on the swim team, swimming and diving team, and he has morning practices. And he just knows like 
him complaining about morning <laughs> practice yeah. is falling on deaf ears. Mm. Like I, I don't really care. You yeah. know, I'm like, dude, it's what you do. Yeah, you committed so to it. You committed to it, yeah. and I because you know, like you and I know, like he's going to draw back on this. Yeah. Like when he's 25, he's going to be like. Well, no, I, I used to get up and do practice, like, yeah. and he's going to use that as something that held him up yep. and, and made him stronger. Versus, well, my life was miserable because I did that. Yeah. So, yep. Anyway, I like it. Yeah. It's uh, as we get into the show, I think it'll be a good conversation. Hopefully, we'll we'll go back and forth talk about how mean you are as a dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, let's uh, let's thank our sponsor real quick, and then we'll get into it. So, uh, strong dads, we would love to thank quality automart for coming alongside of us really do appreciate them uh autom automotive needs uh, check them out uh, under new ownership so really do uh, still appreciate the uh, quality automart for coming alongside of us all right want to thank casey's outdoor solutions for being a sponsor of strong dads podcast so we want to thank those guys for continuing to support our messaging just talked to casey the other day all things are good with him and um so we just continue to be supported and we want to thank him and so in order to do that we uh, ask that you guys go down and um, hang out at Casey's or Quality Automart to do a little bit of business with them. Love it. All right. So um, let's talk a little bit about this whole idea of strictness. The, the opposite of strictness oftentimes would be another term that we use in parenting a lot is permissiveness. Mm. Okay. And, um, you know, when you have a child-centered home, Child's child center home became like this big deal in the '90s and early 2000s. Oh, do you have a child center home? My my home is child centered, and the dads didn't take it or leave it. They just heard their wives talking about it and go, "Oh, well, I guess that's what we should do because sure. it sounds good." And child centered gives way too much weight to the feelings of the child in their current state. Mm. And we've talked many times before about the current state of a child is a selfish state. And that's not a mean statement. That is right. a just a natural state yep. of, that, hey, they're, the world basically, they only see it through their eyes. They haven't learned things like empathy and, right, and, right. and service to others and all these things yet at the level that they're going to. And so... If I tell my kid they need to go to bed at nine o'clock, you know, they're, they might do a little bit of kickback. Yeah. They, well, can't I stay up later? My friends stay up later. You know, if I tell them they can't eat something or whatever. And so a child centered parent will oftentimes find himself falling into greater permissiveness. Mm. Yeah. Allowing, well, you know, yeah, you can do this, you know, permitting them to do whatever yeah do you think that makes the kid happy or not yeah that, that's uh, i mean i i think I, I think this idea of being permissive i mean ver versus you know kind of um you know being the quote-unquote strict or or essentially kind of almost you know might be looked at as almost like micromanaging right and, and i think there's uh as you were kind of talking it made me think um and i referred to this a show i did to my by myself a while ago um we were actually just talking about this um, but the book from jocko mm -hmm. um he talks about the dichotomies of leadership so mm -hmm. the, these two opposite entities that have to come together and have this balance in order to truly, you know, kind of have the best of both of them, right? right? So I think there's definitely something to be said about allowing
allowing your kids a little bit of space, a little bit of that independence, right? But also understanding that there has to, you are the parent at the end of the day. There has to be some some rules or regulations that are set before the kids that, to hopefully, you know, help them, you know, kind of guide them in, in that position. So I think when it comes to this idea of being strict or, you know, allowing your kids to essentially just run free, and, and I think a result of that is obviously going to be that kind of permissive. I think there's definitely got to be a balance that, you know, the two polar opposites have to kind of come together in order to, you know, hopefully develop it and, and raise, you know, the next generation to, you know, again, raise their kids. Again, kind of what you're talking about, you know, you know, with, 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 with your son right now going through swim practice, he's going to look back on that and he's going to draw from that, you know, in the future. And it's, it, it's a, yeah. a lesson he's learning. Well, I like the word that you use because really um, a lot of parents would not consider themselves strict, um, but they're micromanagers. Mm. They're helicopter parents. Yeah. And so they could even be permissive, but they make sure they know everything that their child's doing, which yeah. is just like you said, that's even more detrimental in many aspects because yeah. the kid doesn't have that opportunity to do a little bit of free range, do yeah. a little bit of, yeah, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And, yeah. and maybe it doesn't always work out well, but they figure it out on their yeah. own. And so that micromanagement is a big deal, you know, and, and I guess what's the question might be like, well, what's behind that? Why are parents actually micromanaging hmm right, to the extreme. So you're talking about strictness over the top, right, every single minute. Right. Or why are they being, like, super permissive? Like, whatever the kid wants to do, he can yeah. do, you know. Well, I think I think to what, you, what you're talking about, how it's kind of almost been like this, quote, unquote, movement, right, in, in society. It's kind of like, again, the, the child-centered home that it's like, you know, I, I think part of it could just become and and not not necessarily saying this is I mean, it, it's almost like an ignorance thing, right? That that you, just do, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm. So you kind of almost just try and see if it works out. And, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, part of it, we, we've talked a lot about the vision. You know, mm -hmm. I, th I think maybe some uh, some of the lack of, um, you know, strictness in the home or the or the the ability to just let your kids run wild comes from maybe not having a vision between you and your spouse, especially if you have different ideas on how parenting right. should go. You know, when, when those don't exactly, you know, come together, there, there's some friction in there. So then it's just sometimes, you know, men just sometimes just throw their hands up. OK, well, let's just whatever you want to do then. Yeah. Right? And, and, mm -hmm. and so maybe that plays a part in it. Yeah. Yeah, they're for sure. I think coming together on that, because like you said, you're trying to balance your own uh, per, or personalities between you and your spouse. Um, and I see the uh, the micromanaging um, parent is a very insecure parent, mm. very insecure in that every failure the kid has is a reflection of their failure. Mm. So I have to make sure my kid has got everything covered and we'll say it's for your own good. Mm. But really, it's I just can't deal with my kid not being perfect. And then the other side is the insecurity of not being liked, the extreme permissive parents. Yeah. Like, well, you know, like, and, and again, this is probably becoming overused, but uh, you're not your kid's friend. Mm. You know, you're their parent. Yeah. And so the number of parents who seek a level of friendship greater than parentship is, um, you know, all out of insecurity. Like, yeah. I don't want my kid to be mad at me. Right. Um, isn't, isn't it funny that I, I would venture to say if you, if you surveyed, uh, every guy out there, like, hey, you know, your boss and your and at work, like, do you want a boss that micromanages you, right? Yeah, they would all be like, 
hell no, right? I don't want that. You know, I want a little bit of freedom. And then all of a sudden yeah. you go home, and you're like, okay, uh, you know, you, you don't essentially do that to your kids. And again, they're different, but they're still the same, right? I mean, it's still yeah. a relationship that you're trying to build. You're trying to, you know, teach your kids something, you know, at, at work, you know, if you have a boss, a supervisor, they, they have expectations. So it's like, it is different in the sense you're dealing with kids versus adults, but they, there, there is some, definitely some similarities there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move to the idea then that, um, Okay, so then what would strictness look like and why might we do it? And I and I think this is more, I, I, this is a show for parents, but this is a dad um, show. And I think we're directing it, the strictness part, because there's a different level of strength and authority that just comes through maleness. Correct, and, yeah. and that's not to take away anything, because there's a different level of nurturing and caring that comes through femaleness. Yeah. And, you know, that just is what it is. And yeah. Um, so the idea here is a question that I proposed to my, my kids the other day is, um, I don't recently the, the mega lottery was like $1.3 billion and we are having the conversation, what would you do? You know? And of course that's fun to just dream about, but to watch your kids like (laughs) I'd buy a new pair of shoes. I'm like, Oh dude, like they're really, you can get whatever you want. Okay. And, uh, but we also then talk about how, um, with our kids, we talk about how there's something really weird about the idea that, a high percentage, and I don't even know what that percentage is, but a major, major percentage of lottery, big time lottery winners end up bankrupt or having a destroyed life. Mm. What happens with that? Right. (laughs) What happens with that? And so it relates to this. There's a, a, you know, this whole phenomena of, um, Anything that's worth having is worth working for, or uh, nothing good ever came easy, or the higher the cost, the greater the value. You know, these are different things like you and I now know. Um, we were talking about you um, studying for promotion. Mm-hmm. I, this is going to be a pain in your butt. Mm-hmm. But when you get that, you're going to be like, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and versus if you walked into the station tomorrow and somebody said, hey, Cap, we, well, how to get captain? Oh, we're just going to start calling yeah. you captain. Yeah. There'll be no value to that. Right. You know? and, and I mean, don't don't you think that, that it, it's the the road getting to there, right? It, yeah. It's the, it's like you were saying that that working hard to achieve something, uh, you know, ta- talking about um, you, you, uh, you have obviously brought this up on the show. And, and I know it's in again, going back to Jocko, um, that that discipline equals freedom, you know, finding mm-hmm. that self-discipline, just what you were talking about this morning, you know, getting up and actually doing something right. Actually, for me, cracking open those those promotions books and actually spending that time but again it's it's got to be something that we actually are are intentionally doing it's right. not just going to happen right yeah. and, and again the, those are the things that that you know as we go, you know, move this back toward towards being a dad and parenting our kids, how how you know trying to teach our kids discipline in their eyes may come across as you're just being really strict. Yeah. But again, having that having that you know outside perspective, having that that you know different perspective than our kids. Our kids are in the midst of it, having that perspective that no, I'm trying to teach you discipline, mm-hmm. right? In your eyes, is coming across as you're just being a jerk and strict and mean, right? Right. But again, it's just kind of finding that balance, and we want to teach our kids. But we also don't want to be a micromanage where you're like you're doing this, this, and this because then it's going to get you that discipline that you, that that I know you're going to need. Yeah. Well, and Jocko uh, states this, and we've done shows and done research on it too. Um, there's you know of the top 
characteristics of successful people, content people in life, and you define success however you want, whether it's money, marriage, whatever, um, self-discipline is always among the top couple of things yeah. that it takes that people go, you know, I just had to learn to discipline myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, if we know that that's the case, then why would we be building our home in permissiveness mm-hmm. uh, other than it makes it easier in the moment? And so that speaks to our own lack of self-discipline. Like, I don't want to hear my kid kick back at me. It's too much of an aggravation. So I use this phrase as a dad, whatever, just do whatever you're going to do anyway. Yeah. You know, like that's just lazy parenting. Yeah. That's lack of, of your own self-discipline. And so I think it's important that we, you know, stress that, like, listen, and um, here, here are some points. There's 10 little points here that we just want to touch on quickly. How you and your wife can come together and go, how do we do the balance between strictness and permissiveness? How do we do this well so that we can benefit our kids long term so that when they are adults someday, they can say, you know what? Um, Dad was sometimes a jerk, but I know why now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, and and this first one, um, we've talked about this before. Uh, we we kind of, I know we talked about it, but we've also talked about kind of a way to almost <laughs> test it and see if you're really kind of doing this for your family. And this is the idea of clearly stating your family values. Um, it's kind of funny because after one of our shows, uh, I, I did it that evening at the dinner table. Like, girls, what what, do, what does our family stand for? What are the things mm-hmm. that mommy and daddy want to teach you? And man, what a great checks and balance for you and your wife to be able to be like, okay, are are we doing what we said we needed to do in order to clearly yeah. state these values for our kids because if, if they can't pick up on them if they're not if they, if they don't even know what those values are then man you're, you're I think we're, we're just really missing the mark and again this is a this is a an ongoing process right so as your as your kids get older and they they you know they're moving into different stages in their life those value systems should always have a same underline but they're going to change in the sense of okay now you're in high school you're involved in a lot of sports we want you to do that but we also the the, the core value is this family this is going to come right. first again as our kids change and, and, and move and develop in their life i think you again that the underline of the value system has to stay the same but there can be some some ebbs and flows of those right i mean but the important part is you and your spouse coming together and identifying yeah. those values and stop making the assumptions of what the values are like if you say you value that your kid um, has a work ethic or um, behaves in school or whatever it is then you both have to then state it and your kids like you said they need to know it yeah like your kids should be able to say those things out to other people you know or at least be able to say i know what happens if, if I, don't, I don't don't <laughs> <laughs> yep. which leads me to the next thing so once you state your values then you and your wife need to come together and then you set the expectations on behavior mm. all right the expectations on behavior so maybe a value is trust and honesty that's you know in our home we have trust and honesty are some values that we have Okay, so the expectation is um, we do not tolerate lying, Mm. right? Because lying is a behavior. Um, We do not tolerate um, laying around the house when there are chores to be done, right? So we we go after uh, very more specific uh, behaviors, and we talk about uh, this is what we would like you to do, and this is what we don't want you to do, right? 
Yeah, and and with those expectations, you know, going to the next one, like there, you, you part of once your kids understand the expectations, you know, that there's no way to move to the next one of clearly stating the rewards or the consequences if you haven't first off laid those expectations out. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen if you don't, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. The expectation we've laid, if you don't, you know, do your chores and you want to sit around the house all day, this is what you can expect is going to happen because you yeah. didn't meet that expectation. Yeah. So again, it's it's kind of that that you know going back to the first point that checks and balances. Uh, of hey, this is what we want from you, and if you don't meet this, this is going to be the punishment. If you do meet it, then then X Y Z will happen. What you know, whether whether it be you know you're you're giving an allowance. You know, if you can if you accomplish your chores, you'll get your allowance. You know, if if you can you know do your chores, do your homework when you first get home, you can go outside and play for you know 10, 15, whatever that, that's going to look like for you. But in order to, in order to to actually have rewards or consequences, you have to have the expectations first. Yeah, the highest percentage of the time, people will work in to the the direction of rewards. You know, most of the time I drive safely uh, because the reward is I stay alive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get hurt. I don't hurt people. And so 99% of the time I just am driven by doing the right thing in terms of my driving. Every now and then I get selfish and I might speed or be more reckless. And I just need to know like, oh, I get a speeding ticket today. Mm -hmm. Now I whine and complain like a three-year-old, right? That's where people, that's where kids especially come off as you're being mean, Mm. right? The police officers being officers being mean to me. It's like, no, most of the time, dude, you you know, you you understand the reward, um, but the reward is is we just take it for granted, right? And just like in your, your kid's life, you know, if the kid just understands that you're predictable and nine times out of 10, when they just do the right thing, things are going to go their direction. But on the occasion that they choose to not go that direction, and I will say on the they, occasion, on the, <laughs> the this the, happens way more often than <laughs> I want to, Merle. <laughs> well, we're slowly, slowly in the teaching process here. <laughs> well, it's funny you said about the, the the you know you drive, driving safely. So to to me, like I I can I know what the consequences if I don't drive safely, right? Or if I don't if I speed, right? And then and then I'll go on a run where I'll make I'll be on an auto action. I'm like. Okay, I'm driving like I'm going to drive under the speed limit yeah. now, right? Because I've seen the consequence. I've oh, seen yeah. what, yeah. And, and it's just like I think the same can be said about our kids. It's like sometimes you may lay out the expectations, the reward, and the consequences, and they're still going to test those waters. And then maybe, maybe they, you know, they're they're they the the consequences for not following those expectations mm. need to be reiterated a couple of times. You know, whether that's whatever, go to your room, time out, a spanking, whatever that looks like. They need to kind of feel what that consequence is of not laying, you know, not actually doing the expectations. Yeah. That like. And and this is this is part of the strictness. Yeah. But this is nothing to do with uh, us and on this show desiring meanness. Right. So meanness has a level of vindiction to it, meaning you you are statistic. Uh, sadistically is that a right word sadistically sadistically Sadistically, yeah Yeah. you are trying to inflict pain yeah you're trying to make them uncomfortable and so that's not what we're talking about what we're saying is hey there's a price you're going to pay and you're going to pay it and no one's going to get you off of this one yeah yeah you you, you've talked a lot about this one before you know whether it be your kids you know forgetting their homework forgetting their lunch you know this idea of of always kind of stepping in and always be you know always saving them from 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 their failures and and i think man this is a tough one because um you know i i can't i mean especially now my girls are school age where they'll be like you know they'll get to i'll get ready to drop them off and be like i forgot this 
and it's like we're less than a mile away from the school. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of got to weigh that, right? Do you are, are you the, the the helicopter parent that's always has the answer that always can step in and, and and come to the rescue? Or at some point, again, the the expectation is you get yourself ready in the morning, and you know, that means getting your homework and your laptop in the bag, and those are the expectations. And yeah, mom and dad will help you out that first time, but after that, at some point, you're gonna have to, you know, not not too long ago, um, uh, Ava lost her uh, lost a library book, so it's like <laughs> okay, so now now there's a financial obligation associated with Mm -hmm. this so it's like okay what do we do so we told ava like okay this first book we're going to split it 50 50. we need we need you to feel the the effects of you not taking responsibility for your library book Mm -hmm. if it happens again you're going to pay for all of it right and and it's and it's just this this again if we just say okay you know we we didn't lay that expectation out then then when all of a sudden we're like okay cough over 10 bucks for this book right she's gonna be like what the heck so i i think i think just as you talked about you know, encouraging your kids and, and really getting to a place, you know, kind of weighing in those risks. Like if you don't do this, this could happen. Yeah. And the, and the, really the part, and I see this, especially with boys, girls too, but I want to teach my kid to not be afraid of risk. Yeah. And I want them to learn how to assess the risk. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, <laughs> I'm going to um, drive a little faster today Mm -hmm. to school. I'm a 16-year-old. I got my driver's Mm -hmm. license. And I'm not going to look at my kid and say, you better never drive fast because, well, that would be hypocrisy leaking out of every pore of my body, okay? (laughs) But the idea there would be like, listen, uh, however you drive, you better figure out how you're going to cover that. And and so then I want them to actually go through that whole risk-reward assessment to see, okay, is this a good calculated risk? Mm. Eh, you know what? There's about an 80% chance that there's a cop going to be sitting right around that corner over there because I've yep. seen it many times. This is not a place that is probably going to pay off. Mm. All right, good. You're thinking. You're using your head. You're evaluating. And so life is risk every day, yeah. right? Every day. What we're really trying to do is not keep our kids you know, in a bubble wrap room. Yeah. What we're trying to do is say – Teach them how to assess. Yeah. All right. What, well, okay. What's it going to cost you? What are you willing to pay? Yeah. All right. You're willing to pay that. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. See how it pans out. <laughs> yeah. You know. The, the, <clears throat> and, and, and when those when those do when they do fail or they do you know the the, the you know they, they've weighed the the risk versus reward and and you know that they, they they're feeling the consequences of it. Man, I think it's so so crucial for us as dads to step in and and I, and I don't know maybe it's just a role that I find myself in is kind of encouraging them to try it again. So so yeah, yeah you you got mm. knocked over right. You you decide you wanted to go play basketball which great let's do it right and then you got knocked over okay let's get back up yeah. right and I, I tell my girls this all the time it's not about that that the, it's not about you failing it's about how you respond from that failure so the next time how are you yeah. gonna, how are you going to change it how are you going to make sure you change something a little bit different approach a situation so you know again just going back to this idea of we're, we're trying to you know hopefully get get our kids to have a little bit of self-discipline because with that that then I think if we can teach our kids discipline that's where they're not going to necessarily see a strict you know okay mom and daddy are giving me a little bit of freedom because with discipline comes freedom right and and so this this idea of of encouraging our kids to get back up on the horse try it again let's 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 do it again to see if we can succeed you ever been bucked off of a horse i have not 
I do not want to. <laughs> Get back up on the horse. I've been bucked <laughs> off of a horse. Right. And, uh, you know, that's all fun and games until you're flying through the air and yep. then you hit the ground and you can't breathe. And, you're <laughs> going. and then, and literally that's what my, my dad was really big on this. Get back on the horse thing. And he okay. was like, in his own way of language, get your blankety blank mm -hmm. back up, dust yeah. yourself off. And you're getting back on that horse. Yeah. Oh, Dad, like I can't even breathe. No. Yeah. And, but that's the idea because if I leave in a, an impaired state, in other mm. words, I'm anxious, afraid, whatever, that will be the last thing I remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so I need to make sure I leave saying, no, I mastered that. Yeah. So get back up on the horse. Yep. I like it. I, maybe, uh, I was at a shooting range one time and I got, you know, looking through the scope and I got hit right in the head and right in the eye, right? <laughs> I, I, I almost knocked myself out, right? But I'm like, daggone it. I need to make sure. Oh, I, yeah. I'm like, I need to shoot this gun again to make sure I know that I can do it without getting smoked in yeah, the face. Yeah, the nice smile oh, above the eyebrow. I busted myself good. <laughs> Those are fun. Oh, yeah. All no. right. Uh, so the number six one is encourage them to be uh, to problem solve their challenges. Man, I'm telling you, uh, working in the school world, I saw mm. so many kids get rescued so frequently. And this goes back to the idea of, um, you know, mom bringing the lunchbox or whatever. But here's, here's the the real point teach them how to problem solve mm. the idea that they come to you when they're whining about not getting something or something not working out instead of you coming up with the ideas well maybe you could do this maybe you could do that well how about let me i'll do this for you yeah. no like you you're basically handicapping your kid now they're not going to like when you say you figure it out on your own Mm -hmm. that's going to come off as being mean. Yeah. But what that is actually doing is it's holding them to a standard mm -hmm. of them learning how to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Right. And they didn't come out self-sufficient. So we're training them up in uh, the growth of self-sufficiency. So the idea here is when your kids come up with a challenge, do not problem solve it for them. Mm -hmm. You can prompt it. And so sometimes you can say, have you thought about this direction? Yeah. But don't give them the answer. Good teachers don't give answers, okay? Yep. They can just basically open the avenue to the process of solving the problem. I love it. Yeah, this next one I think is really crucial. You know, again, we're talking to the strong dads out there. This is this is the hard one, but this is also something that is required of us, and that's offering grace to your kids, knowing that at the end of the day, I yeah. have a nine and a seven-year-old. And again, I know, at, you know, putting putting myself in their shoes and understanding like, okay, a nine, seven year old, how are they really thinking? Right. And, and just giving them that grace that when they do fail, because it, they're going to, um, you know, giving, giving, you know, if, if you're going to, if, if, if you're going to hold them to a standard, you're going to have to hold yourself to the same standard. So it's like, if, I, if I'm expecting them to never mess up, then I, I, as a dad, can't ever mess up. And obviously no one's going to expect you to do that. So I just think offering, offering grace to your kids is going to be so crucial because again, it's finding that balance. Of, of being strict versus permissive and just allowing your kids to essentially run wild. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and again, you just have to find that balance and, and through all that, there has to be grace given to your kids because you're going to want them to give you grace too. Yeah. Grace is really the seasoning that separates meanness from strictness. Mm. Okay. If there's never any grace, yeah. then that, that is mean. Okay. Yeah. Like now you're just being a tyrannical jerk. <laughs> But if you sprinkle in grace when it is appropriate and when we understand that the intentions of the child were not ill-intended, mm. intended, then grace is how we show them there's such a thing as a second chance. Mm. 
All right. I'll, I'll let you take this one because I, I fail <laughs> miserably at this one. Merle. I have two girls and, and I am not good at offering uh, emotional support. I, I Right here, Kyle Crawford, I fail miserably at this one. Help we, me, Merle. Because you have no emotions. Right? <laughs> help me, Merle. Help me. Well, I think um, us guys maybe a big reason why us guys struggle with emotional support. And Lynn and I were just talking about this actually this morning. Most men I know are really uncomfortable with emotions, mm. uh, myself included. Like I will avoid um, emotional conversations even with my wife. I mean, this is what I do for a living. Mm. And I can I can delve into your emotions, but I'm not gonna really get into mine, yeah. okay? And so it's uncomfortable because we just don't, we don't like the feelings that it has. I don't like the idea like I could cry, I could uh, slam the wall, like all these extremes freak me out. And so when our kids are needing um, an emotional support, we tend to just go um, suck it up or figure it out, that kind of thing. And so (laughs) guilty as charged. But the emotional support, really what I'm talking about there is the idea that you acknowledge their struggle. Mm. You're not dismissing it. You're not saying you shouldn't have a problem with that. Mm. This should not be making you sad or upset. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is I understand that you're upset with Mm. this. I understand that today was a bad day, all right? And then, listen, again, we're not problem solving for them. We're saying, you know, tell me about it. You don't even have to have it. Emotional support is just the idea that somebody else is hearing them. You don't have to solve it. You can just look at your daughter and say, uh, hey, Mia, like, man, I understand you had a rough day today. Tell me what happened. Just the idea that she starts talking about all the stuff that happens allows her to know that you did not dismiss her emotions. You did not say those are unimportant. You said, tell me about it. Okay. That's all she's really looking for. That's what the support part is. Yep. I like it. Uh, This next one's man, this, this is tough. This this is because we are human. We're, we're Mm. flesh, right? This idea of, 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 you know, offering unconditional love. Um, I, I, I will say of, of every relationship that I've ever had, um, having that unconditional love for my kid is the easiest of all my relationship. It's mm. the easiest and the hardest at sometimes, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's again, putting myself in their shoes as a nine and seven year old, they're, they're, they're mess up. I can't, I don't even want to guess how hard <laughs> it was for my mom when I was nine or seven years old, just a terror that I was, but just the idea of unconditional love, like j- just having th- this love for my kids, uh, is different than any other relationship that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, <clears throat> the easiest and the hardest at times to, to have that unconditional love, um, you know, is, is really kind of, it's, it's been, it's been really cool to see because to me, having a kid has been the, the closest, uh, glimpse into what it must be like for God, hmm. right? To have have a child, to love that child the way that I love my girls, right? And kind of, again, not saying that they're equal because they're not, because I fail miserably at this unconditional love where I know God's love is unconditional. But to me, it's just like this this glimpse inside of what that kind of looks like. The man, you're, I mean, you're spot on with that whole unconditional love and thank God that he does love unconditionally. I think the challenge here... The, the, the evident thing is, yeah, like you don't base your love for your kid on their outcomes. If right. you score 30 points in a basketball game, I'll love you more. Like, <laughs> right, right. like no, that's just wrong. Yes. Um, and that's not the type of stuff that you're typically going to say. But the experience that your child gets <clears throat> from your approval mm. 
is really how they'll measure love. Like when they do well and you show them greater approval, they will think of approval as love. Mm. You know, when you talk more about how they performed in a basketball game than their sibling did, mm. right away the kid takes, you, you say, listen, I love all of you equally, right? But the idea that you give more verbal approval mm. makes them feel more or less loved. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so we might say, oh, we don't live uh, love conditionally, but it you have to really help your kids understand, and you have to weigh that out. Like, how much am I talking about the outcome, the performance, and the other kid is not having that, or even the negative outcome? You know, how much have I been beating my kid up over the, the fumble in the football game? Right. Um, because they're taking it now is being not approved. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, this last one, you know, kind of almost like the nooks and the crannies of all this is this idea of, again, going back to, to kind of being, you know, the helicopter parent over top and micromanaging everyone versus kind of allowing them to do whatever, you know, to, again, we're, we're hopefully going to try and teach our kids discipline. Is this idea of, of being a parent and not mm. a friend. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is, you know, this is something I'm sure a lot of you guys can attest to. Maybe you find yourself in the similar situation, but there's a lot of people that want to be friends with their kids as their kids are growing up. Like right now in my, my stage of my life, I am now friends with my parents. Right. Right. And, 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 I, and again, this, this has been a, a, I mean, I'm now 34, right? This has been years and years of yeah. them being my parent to now building that relationship to now, now it's more of a friendship. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the midst and the grind where I have a nine and a seven year old, I cannot be my girl's friend. It, it, right. it, it, it's just, I'm going to fail miserably as a dad yeah. if I do. And, and again, this is, this is the, you know, this is kind of like the, uh, again, a dichotomy of, of, of being a parent, right? You, you want to, you want to help support you. You want to, you know, build in and invest in that relationship that, that, you know, may look like a friendship, but man, there, there's gotta be, there's, there's gotta be a clear definition of a, a parent versus that friend when it comes to your kids. Yeah, absolutely. And it just continues to change as time goes on. I mean, you know, um, I am friends with my oldest sons now who have yeah. their own kids. Um, but now like with my dad in it's weird way, I'm more like a parent. Mm -hmm. We're taking care of him, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's weird. Yeah. I bet. Right. Like, but sometimes you're saying to your dad who can't, think through and problem solve you're saying dad you can't do that mm -hmm. dad so that's a completely different role that yeah, starts to, to come on to you um so a challenge a challenge is take some time to assess your parenting style mm -hmm. ask your kids ask your kids to measure your level of strictness i wouldn't get all caught up in their score yeah okay what i would do is have some conversation about what the score is and what it means to them, all right? And so working through and understanding strictness versus permissiveness is an important thing that you and your spouse can do if you really want to get on the right track to equipping your kids to be self-sufficient, to being able to, to take care of themselves in terms of problem solve, uh, and even have better relationships as they get older. 
Love it. Yeah, man. I, I hope this uh, kind of sparks some conversations with you and your spouse. Uh, you know, hopefully at the dinner table, you guys can talk a little bit about this again. Uh, you know, we, we, going back to those 10 steps, man, I just think there's some good stuff in there. Go back, um, talk to your kids about it and, and, and kind of see where it falls. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys are uh, out there having a good week. We uh, really do appreciate uh, you guys continuing to tune in to us every week, putting out shows, um, share the heck out of it on all the platforms that we have. Uh, give us a five-star rating because um, that way it populates a little bit easier for, for, you know, people, you know, more guys that hear hear what we got to to put out so what would mia rate you on the scale one to ten in strictness oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well she's more like me than i care to admit so she probably would be you know I, she she wouldn't be as harsh ava would be pretty harsh ava would be like oh, you're you're like a 12 daddy yeah. <laughs> you're a 12 <laughs> Casey's is a premier garden center and gift shop located in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Casey's offers a wide selection of plants, landscaping materials, home and garden decor, and gifts for every occasion. Casey's is committed to providing exceptional service, a unique shopping experience, and value to every customer. Stop in and see what makes Casey's so unique. Located at 21481 State Line Road, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, or call 812-537-3800. Let Casey's help you add beauty to your home.